0: Do, 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 do. Yes. <laughs> You're listening to Brea and Leia, a Star Wars podcast hosted by a mother. That's me. I'm Annika and a daughter. Hi, I'm Kirsty. Today we're discussing our favorite moments in A New Hope, the original Star Wars.
1: The one that started it all. It's cool that we're finally getting to discussing A New Hope. It seems like we're bound to get around to it, and uh, it's a big one. As I was watching it, you know, part of me was like, I don't even need to watch
0: it. I I know this movie by heart, and that was true. I know that movie by heart. (laughs) But at the same time, it's really hard now, post-episode 9, Uh-huh and on so much Star Wars that isn't even about Luke Skywalker in any way, to divorce a new hope from everything else, it's like it's really hard to just see it as its own movie.
1: Yeah, I agree. It's so interesting to look at that way because so much of what Star Wars is is callbacks to A New Hope in one way or another, just like paying homage to it. And so it's interesting to kind of just consider the film standing alone for itself. I mean, I didn't really consider it (laughs) by itself. All my favorites somewhat have to do with other things, too. But
0: I tried to be like, okay, I'm going to pick moments that are about this movie, that are meaningful because of this movie, that are meaningful in the context of this movie, Mm. and I could not do it. it was really <laughs> yeah, I was
1: gonna say that's, didn't work, that didn't work out for me. I think one of my choices kind of fits that. Like but they're yeah. they're
0: all about this movie mm-hmm. and important in within this movie, but it's hard it's, to think of them in isolation. Yeah, there's so many tendrils that have been thrown out into the galaxy that mm-hmm. it's now it's a big wide galaxy. It's not just this movie anymore. Mm-hmm. So,
1: but it's so interesting going back to it and seeing like. The things that they had to establish in this right. movie, yes. and how they did that, and I think
0: I think my moments do fit that. They do fit like establishment. Mm-hmm. It's important. These are important to the rest of the story, but are begun here, kind of thing. So I, th- mm-hmm. I think I did succeed in that way. And also, it was hard, and I had this with the other movies as well to pick moments as opposed to scenes, like. I can tell oh, you what yeah. my favorite scene is very easily, <laughs> but yeah, I couldn't. I, I did not pick a moment from it because it—it it was just all of this, you know. It was like yeah, kind of like that. in previous
1: episodes of our podcast, I did not necessarily <laughs> do that very well. I mean, I—I I don't think I picked entire scenes, but I picked sections of mm. scenes. That's okay. <laughs> so okay. That's okay. Okay. It's, it's all. It's good. It's good. Did you watch the?
0: I watched on Disney Plus. Okay, so, so it was the we, we special, both watched the special yeah. edition version, right? right? Okay,
1: because yes. I don't ha- have as strong feelings as some people do with the special editions, but it's very blatant <laughs> in A New Hope, the yeah. kind of weird changes <laughs> that are in there. I make fun of it like, oh, it's so silly, not like the original, but I don't know how many times I've even actually seen the original original. It's just the CGI in particular stands out so
0: much. Like, I don't think I can see the original anymore because we had it on VHS, I think, but only on VHS and we no longer have AVCR. I don't think I even have it anymore because... I don't have a VCR, so I have no way of watching it, so why would I keep it?
1: <laughs> it is just so interesting, the changes that were made though. Like yeah. you, have to, you have to think why did George yeah. Lucas really want to add this?
0: <laughs> yeah. Some Which of the I mean, I love the big scene, but I understand why it was a cut because the action sort of stops
1: mm-hmm. in
0: order to have this scene, and I'm sorry, it is not the best action scene <laughs> that Which has one? ever been. The Biggs scene. Oh. Mm-hmm. Luke and Biggs. It's so sweet. But it's just, I understand why that was cut. <laughs>
1: ah. Yeah, I didn't remember that scene. I didn't realize it was new though, because. Yeah, and like, again, it's not like it was a blatant CGI thing, but it, yeah. The like the
0: Java scene, the extra Java <laughs> scene. The extra scene, yeah, that was. Unnecessary. That was
1: ridiculous.
0: We definitely never, ever need that, but it's you a part Jabba of it now, and it's like, oh well. <laughs> it's just, it's I weird, and odd. like, Java and Han literally have the exact same conversation he just had with Greedo, so there's no (laughs) reason. They lines and
1: everything. Yes. (laughs) It's just baffling. Yeah, we don't need to talk about this too much, but I just, yeah, thought it'd be interesting to bring up how we consumed it and, yeah, just how weird it is. (laughs) It's funny. But it doesn't detract from the movie.
0: No. Um, because the movie, like the movie, sort of transcends all that. I really, I really feel strongly that they, they can change it and they can tweak it and they can keep doing all of this stuff, but it doesn't take away from it being Star Wars to me. That's just how I see it.
1: Yeah. So once again, we chose our top three moments each of us, and we will take turns sharing them.
0: I'm going to start with. The, I think that this uh, line or this this moment uh, basically succinctly tells the entire story. (laughs) And it's, I want to come with you to Alderaan. There's nothing here for me now. I want to learn the ways of the force and become a Jedi like my father. Mm. So this is what Luke says to Obi-Wan right after he finds out that his aunt and uncle and their farm were burned by the Imperials. Mm who are looking for the droids. And so he has found out all of the secrets. Well, no. He's found out the secrets that Obi-Wan is willing to tell him at this (laughs) point, Uh, the the secrets of his past, and has been presented with an adventure. You know, should you choose to join us, you will now be on your journey to be a hero. Mm. But he said, no. I have to go take care of the farm. And has now sort of the choice has been taken from him in a way in that the farm has been destroyed, his family has been slaughtered, he has nowhere else to go or nothing else to do, so he might as well go on this adventure
1: mm-hmm.
0: that has, uh, you know, comes with a sword and a you know, mentor <laughs> and a trip off the worst planet in the galaxy. Pretty so, easy
1: decision for him, you know, really, at that point. <laughs> it's pretty... Sounds good, plot right? convenient,
0: <laughs> but also sad. I think... Sad. I think that that is, that's the moment. I think that's the moment for Luke. The, when Luke becomes the Luke Skywalker we know, he picks up the mantle of Skywalker and, and goes on his journey. And I think it's important, and this is where it does tie in to the rest of the saga, that line, there's nothing here for me now, mm. is different from both Anakin and Rey. Anakin has to leave his mother behind, right? and everything he has ever known, but most importantly, his mother, and Rey has to leave the idea of her family. When she takes off on Jakku, she wants to go back because she she wants her family to come back for her. She wants that reunion. So she doesn't, she doesn't want to leave it behind. And Anakin certainly doesn't want to leave it behind. He runs back and has a whole scene about it. But Luke doesn't have any of that. Luke has no reason to stay on Tatooine because it, that has been taken from him. And so it's, it's interesting to me that, you know, he's sort of the middle piece
1: mm-hmm.
0: between Anakin and Rey while also being the beginning piece and...
1: Yeah, from a story perspective, it's the beginning and, or not the story, but, like, the production uh, and kind of us, or the audience, not me particularly, but experiencing the story, it's kind of establishing a journey or story that we know so that it can be, become more complex in Mm -hmm. other versions of that story and built upon in the sequels and the prequels. I think that comes up with a lot of different things in A New Hope.
0: I agree. And I just really liked this, this bit of storytelling. Mm -hmm. And also that 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 one word now, it shows that he really does care about the Lars. Mm-hmm. He cares about Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru, and he's upset with being held back because he wants more. He wants the adventure. He wants the destiny. But he also is loyal to them. Like, he is going to stay and and take care of the farm, even though Obi-Wan thinks it's ridiculous. as a ridiculous choice. And, of course, Obi-Wan does, because he's a Jedi, and the Jedi <laughs> are used to taking people from wherever they are, and because the best thing you can be is a Jedi, right? Like, that's what Obi-Wan believes. Mm-hmm. And so if there's a lot more in this really simple line now that it's, 40 years later. Then it was simple and now it's so complex and I just think that's really great and it's, it, that's what I mean when I say it. it. succinctly tells the whole story of Star Wars.
1: I like that a lot. So what I picked for my third favorite moment related to what you were just talking about, I decided to call it Obi-Wan teaches Luke about lightsabers and the Force while lying through his teeth about everything else. <laughs> <laughs> very good. (laughs) So, you know, this is a little bit before your moments, but still on Tatooine, where Obi-Wan gives Luke his father's lightsaber, calling it an elegant weapon for a more civilized age, another classic quote. Mm -hmm. He gives Luke a little history lesson about the Republic, and Luke plays around with the lightsaber. You can see the kind of wonder on his face as he does that. And Obi-Wan goes on to tell luke that darth vader killed his father and that is a really big deal that he tells him that because i feel like it's a big part of what motivates luke to fight the empire you know you're just talking about how he's got nothing left and he you know wants to be a part of the greater fight and part of the adventure but definitely a lot of it's motivated by what obi-wan tells him about his father including that he was a great jedi and that Darth Vader killed him, and Darth Vader's part of the Empire. So it makes me wonder sort of how his motivations might change if he was given any different information or less information or something like that. Mm. And then Obi-Wan goes on to give the first explanation of the Force that we see, which is extremely important and very central to the saga as a whole. He describes it's an energy field created by all living things. It surrounds us and penetrates us and binds the galaxy together. I think a little bit earlier than that, Obi-Wan's also telling Luke about his father and how he's the best star pilot in the galaxy um, and relates it to Luke as well and how he was a good friend of his and all that. So, you know, definitely a lot of classic moments and imagery in there. um, But what I love about this moment is I think it says a lot about Obi-Wan's character. And he is one of my favorite characters. You can tell from this whole exchange that Obi-Wan is very knowledgeable and also a bit cryptic. um, And kind (laughs) of a bit regretful or at least sad that his friend is gone. And him having been the one to train Darth Vader. And you can see that he has this overall fondness for the good old days kind of thing, right? And like you were saying, he Mm -hmm. thinks the Jedi are the best. And he's like... Telling Luke about how great the Jedi were. (laughs) Yep. I think it's clear that Alec Guinness established such a specific character and acting style for Obi-Wan. And it shows how impactful that character is when you realize how much work went into mimicking it in the prequels and in Mm -hmm. the Clone Wars. Um, Definitely makes me appreciate Ewan McGregor and the the creators on the Clone Wars and James Arnold Taylor. Just the way that they like Obi-Wan's attitude and manner of speech are impressively consistent throughout the saga. Yeah. Um, even like throughout this scene, Obi-Wan is like stroking his beard just like he does in the <laughs> Clone Wars. and It's like, it's just great. You know, just the, the, w- the way he phrases things, this, you know, kind of like the so uncivilized. Um, yep. Yeah, so I just, all in all I think it's one of Old Ben Kenobi's most iconic scenes, and particularly the moment where he's handing off the lightsaber and kind of talking about the Force is really something special.
0: This is the first we hear of the Jedi in the Force, and and mm-hmm. Obi-Wan, old Obi-Wan, is our first interpretation of it, Yeah, and you know everything else comes out of it. So, yeah, absolutely, it is very important and iconic. And I absolutely agree with you that the people who came after him really put a lot of care into taking what Alec Guinness put into the role and expanding on it and Mm -hmm. and building this amazing character. In my notes for this scene, (laughs) I wrote, Obi-Wan remembers Anakin and straight up lies to Luke. (laughs) That's how I describe the scene. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, obviously, it is very important to me for those two reasons, as Obi-Wan and his relationship with Anakin being really central to both characters, Mm -hmm. and particularly in the original trilogy.
1: Yeah, I always kind of forget which things from the prequels did come from this film. You know, them talking about the Republic and the Jedi's role during that era, and the Clone Wars, and... Anakin and Obi-Wan's relationship it's, it's neat to, to remember the things that were picked up on and then sort of inspired the greater story that we've come to know now right yes
0: and then also the fact that Obi-Wan is a lying liar who lies <laughs> is an important part of his character and the Jedi as a whole in my own personal understanding of, of the Jedi Order yeah I think so too I think it's, it's vital that Obi-Wan, as you said, is he's spinning this
1: story for Luke, and, yeah. and Luke is inspired by that. Yeah, it becomes so central to his drive and his motivation just based on the, the version of the story that Obi-Wan has told him.
0: And I think that's why Luke is so careful about spinning stories about the past and the Jedi in The Last Jedi. Yes. Because he, he wants Rey to choose it on her own. Yeah, I love that. Instead of being thrust into it, as it were.
1: Yeah, I love you know, comparing it to The Last Jedi. That's where Luke is taking on the same role that Obi-Wan has in this movie. And right. you can sort of make that contrast where now he's become the stubborn old man who teaches Rey about lightsabers and the Force while lying through his teeth about some (laughs) things, but not as much as Obi-Wan, you know? So the real contrast is that, you know, the old Luke doesn't have that same fondness for the good old days of the Jedi Order. He's seeing the failures of the past and wants to learn from them.
0: He's hiding things for different reasons. Mm -hmm. Not that Obi-Wan's trying to trick... Luke but he's definitely trying to motivate I'm Luke in a certain yeah. way. Yeah. I mean, if they comes back up in in the the lightsaber battle and how Obi-Wan dies, it is very clear that Obi-Wan is telling a story. Yeah. <laughs> and performing it for Luke right. at that point. So
1: And Obi-Wan does still own up to the fact that he trained Darth Vader, you know, like we're, yes, he does. At. And so I think that, yeah, you're right that it's like kind of different than old Luke, where he sort of has that shame of yeah, having right. brought about Kylo Ren.
0: There's, it's interesting to look at the similarities and the differences. And yeah.
1: I like that. Yeah, me too. I, just, I think this part of A New Hope provides our first context for the Jedi, and that provides a foundation so that films like The Last Jedi can harken back to it while also bringing something new.
0: Are you ready for my second choice? Go right ahead. Okay, so this was really hard because I knew I wanted to choose a Leia moment mm-hmm. because I think that Leia is actually the strongest with the least. The movie gives her the least and she comes out the best, <laughs> if that makes sense. And so I, I knew I, I wanted to pick something for Leia and there were lots of... There were lots of options she, because she really has a very strong presence every time she's on screen. She's doing something cool. Yeah. And I appreciate that. And I think it's great. And I, again, I think that it's a lot more to do with Carrie Fisher just almost overdoing it <laughs> in her performance than it is the actual writing. Like what, the what's on the page? Mm-hmm. Leia on the page is not very dynamic, but Leia on screen is amazing. Yeah. So what I chose was somebody has to save our skins <laughs> and shooting their way out of the the prison and and just telling everybody what to do from that moment on. That's a great choice. I think that that is a really good encapsulation of who Leia is that she takes charge, she does not wait for someone to agree with her. She just Makes the decision and moves forward with it, mm-hmm. and she tells everybody what to do and expects them to listen. And I think that that tells you a lot about Anna, about Leia. Sorry, yeah. which tells you a lot about Anakin and Padme <laughs> and the Organas. And I think that that is great. I love that she's like the original self-rescuing princess. Mm-hmm. She was like waiting in her cell to be rescued because she didn't have a way out like I don't think she was waiting in her cell to be rescued not thinking like yeah she's all curled up and and cozy but she's conserving her energy so that when they take her out of her cell she can run away you know that's how I see it Mm -hmm. and as soon as she's presented with here's your way out she leaps into action and when she realizes that these two fools are bumbling around and have no idea what they're doing, she takes control of the situation and is in charge for the rest of the movie. So I just really love Leia. I think that it's a really good moment for her. It shows that she didn't have a plan either. Like, the jumping into the garbage sheet plan wasn't it, it worked out, but it wasn't the best plan. <laughs> but when she was presented with the opportunity, she ran into action, and yeah. I think that that is a really great way to introduce us to this character, who you know then is like in charge—not just in this movie, but she's like when we see her in Empire Strikes Back, she's making entire groups of starships, like, telling them where to go and what to do. And by the time we get to the sequel trilogy, she's, like, literally the number one person in charge of everything. Mm -hmm. There's this, like, progression of the woman in charge, and it starts in A New Hope, even though she's a 19-year-old girl. When you see the whole character arc of Leia, I love seeing how it begins Yeah, so early
1: on. And that she's, like, so strong straight from the start. Like, she and. Her loyalty is really established by then that she wouldn't give up where the Rebel base is. Right. She's, you know, being tortured by a droid or whatever, or when she's, her plane is being blown up and all of that. Yeah, I think for the time of this movie being made, definitely a very impressive female character.
0: And I just love how then we can watch the prequels, and especially the Clone Wars, and just, <laughs> she's so Anakin's daughter. Yeah.
1: And, like... That line is apparently genetic, because Anakin yes, says at one point, somebody has says to save it. their skins.
0: <laughs> I love when they do that, when they have Anakin portraying Leia in the original trilogy. They do it a couple times in the Clone Wars, and it's really, mm-hmm. it just it makes me cry every time, because it's so perfect, And, of course, she is also a lot like Padme. Padme is another self-rescuing princess and certainly is always taking charge, but Mm -hmm. she is a little more measured about it, whereas (laughs) Leia (laughs) and Anakin are just like... Whatever. We don't need a plan right now. We're just going to g- do and yeah. figure out the plan later.
1: I like that you brought that up. That she doesn't necessarily like know what she's doing because, no. like, even when she like says that and steps out with the blaster, she doesn't even look like she can handle the blaster very well. Yeah. She's just I, she's yeah. just doing what she can. You know, she into the trash compactor, whatever. <laughs> like, <laughs> we're gonna figure this
0: out. Not being shot at is better than being shot at from her perspective. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, now we're being crushed. We have to figure out that part. And with now we're everything just, you know. that's
1: thrown at her, she's always the first one to jump into action and come up with a plan and keep exactly. moving forward. So she's the best. And that is a great segue to my next choice, which is the tr- in the trash compactor. <laughs> uh, yeah, I love the trash compactor scene from start to finish. <laughs> You know, from somebody has to save, save our skins, all the way to my favorite line, when they're shouting in joy and 3PO says, listen to them, they're dying, R2. <laughs> <laughs> and that always makes me laugh, and you've heard me Aww. quote it a bunch of times. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's my favorite thing. But if I were to pick a favorite moment in particular in that scene, it would be when the walls are actually starting to close in on them, and you can see each character respond in a way that's just very telling of what their character is like. (laughs) So, like, we were just talking about Leia. Before the others even realize what's going on, Leia immediately says, don't just stand there, try and brace it with something. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, she, you know, we can tell from that she's very smart, she's quick on her feet, and she's very ready to order people around, just as you were saying. Yep. (laughs) You've got Chewbacca in there who's just, like, trying to brute force push the wall with, <laughs> with his own strength and making his, you know, annoyed Wookiee noises. <laughs> like, what situation have you put me into? There's Luke who, like, just starts looking around all confused <laughs> until he realizes that he can call 3PO for help, which, you know, that seems like Luke. He's always looking to his friends for guidance. Um Aww. And then there's Han who just starts doing what Leia says. You know, like, she hands him a bar to start, like, putting up. <laughs> he is like, okay, this is my job now. And he once it starts, like, closing in more, he's repeatedly, like, pushing Leia and trying to help her climb up on top of the trash pile. And he's, like, trying to order her around, too. So, you know, that's what very Han, it's yes. what I can only assume is... Him trying to protect her and be a gentleman while also, like, being super pushy and <laughs> exasperated <laughs> with the whole situation. And then he even has time to joke around with the whole, like, one thing's for sure, we're all going to be a lot thinner. <laughs> I just Han always answers danger with humor. I love that. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, you know, the whole scene's fantastic, but that moment in particular, like... It's such a high tension moment and yet it's still like hilarious and very yeah. amusing just that, you know, this is the situation our heroes find themselves in, you know, they That's just so good. dealt with some weird trash monster and now they're <laughs> being crushed and each of them is doing their own thing. <laughs> and it's, it's just so fun. I think it's a great way to like build character with some kind of action going on as well. So,
0: And you also have R2 and 3PO. Yes.
1: I love R2. Oh, yeah. I love
0: R2 and 3PO. r two saving the day.
1: R2 and 3PO are so good in this movie. They really are. And they're, like, such a central part of the movie, too. Yeah. And... I had... uh, That is one thing that I feel like I had forgotten.
0: Yeah. 3PO and R2 are so important. Yeah. And are central figures.
1: Yeah, they're basically part of the main party of characters going around the Death Star and everything. R2 saves the day, of course, and also 3PO is able to, like, talk his way out of the situation when the stormtroopers find them. They're like, oh, he's like, oh, they went that way, or whatever, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, so d- they definitely were great in the whole movie and in this scene. They deliver the best line, so. There you- <laughs> oh, yeah. good.
0: I love that that is your favorite scene in your favorite moment it's like it's so precious and wonderful to me it's so pure it's such it's such a wholesome part of the movie
1: it's because it's it's ridiculous and silly and and just i don't know we also like have han saying i've got a bad feeling about this yes after luke had said it previously (laughs) like there's little things like that little connections
0: you could delete that scene and not lose the plot, right? Like it doesn't mm-hmm. further the story in any way. but you're right that it tells you so much about the characters and it gives us such a good we're working together and yeah,
1: to solve a, p- a problem quickly. Yeah. and
0: yeah. And also it gives them like, oh, we've we all could have died and yeah. we didn't. So even though we're co- we're all complete strangers at this point we're starting to become the really important group of friends that we eventually will be because we're thrown into this ridiculous, dangerous situation Mm -hmm. (laughs) that we have to get out of. And that is, I find, hilarious because it's like the Death Star, you know, this obscenely horrible idea of a weapon of mass destruction that you live in. And... They're in the trash. It's like, it's just it's know, so it's like, funny because it's so pristine and they're in the trash. In their, it's
1: hilarious. Why is, yeah. the, why is, there why is the trash like full of water? Like, <laughs> so many it's questions. Great. It's great. <laughs> All right. What is your last choice? My final moment
0: is, if you didn't notice, I picked a Luke moment and a Leia moment. So now's my Han moment. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I chose Han running after the stormtroopers. Ah, yes. Yeah. Pell Mell with one blaster and his poor Wookiee companion <laughs> who just joins in because that's what we do. So they've gotten out of the, the, the trash compactor and they are thrust into you know uh here's more stormtroopers we just we just left a bunch of stormtroopers shooting at us and now we found more stormtroopers shooting at us we, we didn't actually escape much <sighs> and he just grabs a blaster and runs after them by himself <laughs> with like a Rah! shouting yeah noise, you know just just a war cry and off he goes and then they run away like it works yeah. <laughs> He he successfully gets the (laughs) stormtroopers away from Luke and Leia. And he is able to escape with with Chewie as well, because they're faster than stormtroopers at the end of the day. His his ridiculous gambit succeeds. (laughs) He didn't know it was going to succeed. It was just completely in the moment. This is who Han is. And... Leia says, "Well, he certainly has courage." And Luke answers, "What good will it do us if he gets himself killed?" And just like you were saying about the trash scene, like that those three things in <laughs> in tandem like tell you everything you need to know about these three characters right. and their relationships between each other. <laughs> Han is all reckless energy. Leia is begrudging respect. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Luke is pragmatism. <laughs> and, and like, look,, we, we, what's important is that he survives. and you know, we also survive, but, but like, it's just it's so good. And Chewie, like I said, poor Chewie just follows Han wherever he goes. because <laughs> he is a loyal and wonderful companion who really loves Han. And so this, I think, is a better demonstration of Han's character than the Han shoots first scene. Mm -hmm. Even though I think that it's the same version of Han. That Han is reckless. Han lives in the moment. He does what he needs to do and damn the consequences. (laughs) That's who Han is at this stage of his life. And that recklessness is his defining feature. And I think that We can see that throughout the original trilogy, and the sequel trilogy, and his solo movie, and we can see it in his son. And I think that that's wonderful. That this thing that has become something that people fight over is actually so evident everywhere else in all of the movies that it it just is silly to fight over. That's what do you mean that they fight over it? The Han shooting first scene. Oh yeah, gotcha. It doesn't matter what you do to that scene because it doesn't change Han's character. That's what I'm saying. That Han being a reckless goofball who shoots first is is everywhere. He, yeah. he shoots first in the sequel trilogy. He shoots first in Solo. Like he 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 hasn't lost that even if we change that scene.
1: Yeah, he is a character where you can see that sort of pure thread for for a lot of it. You know, he has, he does go through change throughout his different films, especially like Soul, Yeah, But he, yeah, he's always the same Han. His core person is this
0: reckless goofball. And I've become like the hugest Han fan where as I used to care more about Luke and Leia in the original trilogy until The Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. And I just really loved... Han's story in The Force Awakens, and then Solo was just, he was amazing. He was my character in, in Solo. It was, like, my kind of guy. Mm-hmm. And because I love Ben so much, and I see so many similarities between young Han and Ben, that, like, I really, I have become this this huge Han fan, and so I was watching this movie this time with that feeling and this moment just leapt out to me as so purely Han. And what is so amazing about it is that he was arguing with Luke about going to save Leia. Like, he was like, well, let's just sit here and do nothing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, half an hour ago. And now he is, like, literally flinging himself in front <laughs> of them. Yeah. In in that 30 minute span of time <laughs> has trash compactor does a lot to people <laughs> has chosen that this is worth it that, that these two idiots are, are <laughs> worth my life and I, I think that's beautiful and yeah. that's why he comes back in the end you know it's not some sense of honor or a sense of morality, or a sense of the Empire is evil and therefore I have to rise up against them. It was because he loves those people and he mm-hmm. cares about their cause and he wants to save Luke from the TIE fighter and Leia from the Death Star. And he's doing the same thing in this little moment. This is the, the, the smaller
1: version of that. You can see why he doesn't like the Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> With his attachments. Right. He also exactly. must be so desperate at this point, just like, you know, he entered this to get a big paycheck, and he's been <laughs> thrown into so many situations. Like, he's the one where, like, he and Chewie did not sign up for this I know, the way that They did not sign up for this at all. They
0: were not, and they weren't given a, they weren't given a sword, they weren't given a yeah. destiny, they weren't given a story, they, it was, it was supposed to be... I get my creditors off my back. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was the only motivation for Han was freedom from capitalists. <laughs> I relate. <laughs> so, I love Han. I love him so much. That's awesome. I'm so proud of him.
1: <laughs> so, speaking of Han coming back at the end, <laughs> my... For my number one choice, I chose blowing up the Death Star. Nice. Because you got to go, sometimes you got to go with the classics, right? Sometimes you got to go big. (laughs) (laughs) So specifically the section where Luke starts hearing Obi-Wan's voice telling him to use the Force. And up until Luke successfully blowing it up. Mm -hmm. So obviously this is one of the most classic moments in any movie, possibly, like, one of the biggest, most classic Star Wars moments, definitely very often parodied. (laughs) Because it's interestingly nostalgic, like, the whole trench run scene, particularly that, is, like, nostalgic to me, even though the original trilogy wasn't, like, the trilogy of my childhood, like we talked Mm -hmm. about. Because, like, it came up so much in cartoons that I watched, right? (laughs) (laughs) So it's, like... I knew this scene, you know, so well, and it gives me those nostalgia chills just because, you know, everyone else in the world, you know, thinks of it as a classic scene in particular, mm-hmm. the ones making cartoons that are making, like, little references for the adults and stuff.
0: Right, because they were my generation. Right, yeah. And so they were kids when they saw it. Yeah. And they have that wonder.
1: Yeah. So it was the
0: first amazing thing they saw.
1: So it's cool how much... How other creators have been inspired by this part, and specifically the Powerpuff Girls. I remember just (laughs) it was so adorable because it was like where Bubbles was in the trench and she was crying because her sisters got blasted out of the way, and so she had to blow up the Death Star by herself. (laughs) And then she hears the voice of like their dad saying, "Believe in yourself, Bubbles." (laughs) It's like, oh my gosh, that's so funny. But, yeah, every television show has a version of this, especially the cartoons, just because of how iconic it is. So I love the way that the Force theme, you know, you can hear it swelling as Obi-Wan is speaking to Luke. It you know, adds to the moment. And as soon as Luke is able to actually channel the Force, after hearing that from him, we hear Darth Vader say, the Force is strong with this one. Um, And I think that's cool because that's kind of the beginning of Vader's connection to Luke. And, you know, in the beginning of Empire Strikes Back, he's already, like, obsessed with finding Luke, you know. At that point, he probably knows already that it's his son. But he doesn't necessarily know it at this time. But this is the first time that he connects with his son, you know, ever.
0: (laughs) He realizes the Force is so strong with him and then he needs to know
1: who he is. is. And so he
0: finds out that he's his son.
1: We see R2 get shot, and you're, you know, worried about R2. I know. 3 po looks really concerned, and it's, like, all this heightened emotions going on. They start powering up the Death Star to destroy the Rebel base. And then Han Solo, our favorite, he swoops in and saves the day. I, I love the way you put it, that you you think that, you know, he does it for Luke, not for the the Rebels or for the galaxy. You know, it's about the experiences he's had, the friends he's made along the way, the reels. Yes rebellion was the friends we made along the way. <laughs> and then of course Luke is able to make the one in a million shot into the exhaust port to destroy the Death Star and you can see he has this look of relief on his face afterwards. I think this is just a perfect culmination for the trench run scene. I think it's brilliant and it really holds up, yeah, even against the newer Star Wars films as just like this very well-done climax. Where, like, all that stuff happens in a span of, like, just a minute or so. And it's all one thing building off another. And I just think it's really well done. And this is, like, the only Star Wars movie where the climax doesn't have a lightsaber battle. Yeah. But it's still just as exciting. And it's almost like it's different than any of the others. Because it's not even just, like, a space battle for the sake of a space battle. There's, like, a specific mission and a goal that you're hoping for the hero to achieve. I just agree with everyone in the world, I guess, that this is very (laughs) iconic and classic moment.
0: You said that he makes the one-in-a-million shot, and that's what Han calls it, because he says, great shot, kid, that was one-in-a-million, and I just, I wrote that down, because I, and then I wrote, Han is the best, okay? Because (laughs) Han doesn't say, we did it, or anything like that. He says, great shot, kid. You know, like, he's... He's not only coming to save Luke, but he also, like, puts it all on Luke and congratulates him in the moment and doesn't even take any credit for himself at that point. He's just caring about Luke still. And I just think that's so sweet.
1: Yeah, I love that. That reminds me of another scene in the film that was one of my honorable mentions, I guess, is what you just said reminded me of kind of like Poe and Finn in the sequels, you know? Exactly. And... There's specifically a part where Luke and Han are shooting the TIE fighters from the Falcon, and that part also kind of reminded me of either Finn and Poe or Finn and Rey. They both kind of have this dynamic Mm -hmm. of, you know, Luke getting excited that he was able to shoot one and Han just being happy for him, you know, but in his, his Han solo way where like it's not the same thing exactly, but it's nice that you can see them building that relationship over this movie. Right. Yes.
0: Should we go through the movie and just shout out any quick honorable mentions? Yeah, sure. So obviously, just the opening is very iconic. That's another thing mm-hmm. that is in literally every yeah bit of media that has come since then has an homage to this scene.
1: Do you mean the opening, like in space, or the yes, when, the opening when you in see- space.
0: The giant, the little ship, and then the giant ship. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And I have to say that the whole sequence with the the ships and then going into the Tantive four is cooler after the prequels because we saw Bail Organa and Obi-Wan there. We saw, mm-hmm. you know, handing off the droids. Like, it's a set now, and it's, like, yeah. it's continuity. It's, like, backwards continuity, I guess, but...
1: So that's cool.
0: And then Rogue Rogue One, it's the coolest. Like, somehow Rogue One made A New Hope even better than it already was. Yeah. Because it just feeds right into, like, how can you not watch A New Hope after Rogue One? You just want to watch it immediately.
1: Yeah.
0: And I think that that's great. Yeah, and like um, even
1: reading the opening crawl, it puts it into a new context and put faces to that story. And then,
0: of course, Vader's entrance is iconic.
1: Mm-hmm. Agreed. And that's,
0: that's why he was the number one villain. <laughs> <laughs> Vader and Leia's first scene, also
1: iconic. Yes. She doesn't care who you are. She will t- tell you off.
0: <laughs> she has so much confidence and digression yeah. and poise. And it's perfect because... He's her dad. <laughs> it's another thing where just watching this movie with in your mind saying he's her dad. Like in every scene with them it's like oh my gosh this is so horrible and yet amazing that he's her dad. Mm-hmm. It just makes everything more heartbreaking and more powerful and it makes her raises her to like god level character at that
1: point. I love, again, we talked about 3PO and R2-D2. I just think yes. it's fun that those are the first characters we follow before, you know, we really get, like, a protagonist. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And just how slow it's. You know, there's some action at the beginning, but then, like, it kind of slows down, and it's just, like, R2-D2 yep. rolling around in the desert, <laughs> you know? <laughs> wall is one of my other. favorite
0: movies of I, all time. I
1: wrote down that it reminds me of WALL-E, actually, yeah.
0: And I was like, you know what? WALL-E borrows from this. Yeah, for sure. The robot perspective, like, you know, it's even about trash and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd never really thought of, like, watching Wally. I didn't think of Star Wars, but (laughs) now I will because it's like,
1: oh, I don't know. Same here. I absolutely thought of Wally when R2 is, like, going through that trench before he gets taken by the Jawas, and we're just Mm -hmm. like, we're just, like, watching him roll down. I'm like, this reminds me of Wally.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And then when R2 does get taken and, and three PO says R two, R two D
1: two, it is you. <laughs> oh, they're so cute. Yeah, I just love them. They're they're yeah, so good the shot. toys are so lovable in this movie. They're really great.
0: So the next thing I have on my list is Binary Sunset.
1: Mm-hmm. Of course,
0: I feel like we don't have to discuss, but <laughs> is the Binary Sunset so obviously it has to be on the list.
1: It's so good. Yeah, it's transcendent I didn't it as of it as its a favorite own. Just since I've already chosen, right? The exactly. to it as a favorite. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm
0: like, do you have any? Moss Isley? Moss Isley. I think that the evil board meeting is before Moss
1: Isley. The evil
0: board meeting, of course. This is the scene that I couldn't pick a favorite moment, but it's probably my favorite scene, mm-hmm. like as a whole, because mm-hmm. it's just, like, hilarious. But then when you think about what they're talking about, it's terrifying. And particularly, Right now, with the political atmosphere around the response to the coronavirus crisis, it reminded me of that. And so I was like, this in is too way? real. There are rumblings. There are certain people in power who are basically saying that the economy, that saving the economy is more important than saving like, people.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And that the pandemic is going to happen. If we're, we're already in the middle of it. Some people are going to die. We might as well just do business as as usual and let people die and save the economy because that's more important instead of choosing not business as usual and in an attempt to keep as many people healthy as possible and keep the hospitals free for people who really need them, the hospitals and the doctors and the medical equipment and medications, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera.
1: Right. So those are the empire?
0: Yeah. These certain people in power who care more about the economy are the people in this evil board meeting. They're the (laughs) Parkins and that that snooty guy who doesn't care about the Jedi or the Force and makes fun of Vader. Those people, they don't care about people. They don't care about culture. (laughs) They don't care about lives. They only care about the bottom line.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And the bottom line is we don't care how many Alderaan's we have to blow up in order to create the empire we want and to keep the status quo. And so evil board meeting, too real, to be honest, is what, <laughs> is what I wrote down. But the whole scene really is amazing. It's just really fun to watch for me, Like yeah. as long as you acknowledge that they're all evil, including my, my, my precious Vader. But to be mm-hmm. fair, Vader is, is on the side of the force is, is more powerful than all you losers. Like, he doesn't actually <laughs> take a, a stand in the, we're going to dissolve the Senate and we're going to take over power. He's just sort of like, I'm still more I powerful than you guys. I can kill any you of guys. you if I want right. to. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, don't, I don't
1: need you. So, anyway. Uh, But now, Moss Eisley. Scenes like the beginning of Moss Eisley and also like back in the Jawa Sandcrawler, like where there's, so much just looking around at things and seeing what people are doing in the background, you can see that that's them establishing the universe of Star Wars, and -hmm. it's kind of hard to look at it that way now because everyone knows what Star Wars is, but you can kind of tell how important that was when the movie first came out, that it's like here's a social space full of kooky-looking aliens don't you want to learn more about them kind of thing and it's like now we all know about probably far too much about all of the aliens but <laughs> but like yeah I just think that it is a cool establishing shot for the for like kind of widening the universe a bit just taking a look around the bar seeing everything here's the mm-hmm. fun catchy tune yeah my favorite part of that scene is
0: that the music is going and then the altercation with the guy who wants to, like, rough up Luke, and Obi-Wan cuts off his hand. Cuts his his hand hand off, yeah. Okay. Like, chill, Obi-Wan. But but so that whole thing happens, and then the music starts up, and everybody goes back to (laughs) to there. I love that. That says so much. It's like, oh, that's just, this is just Wednesday. That's just what happens (laughs) here. We get it. Okay. And probably specifically Obi-Wan, has been here oh in this bar and cut off someone's hand before. Like, I think that's true.
1: No one else has a lightsaber. Like right. Wouldn't they be surprised by seeing a lightsaber? No, but i are like, oh. <laughs> there goes old Ben again. <laughs> Playing with his
0: toys. And then I just like when they are escaping, they're leaving Tatooine, mm-hmm. and the radio says, I don't know what all this trouble is about, but I'm sure it must be your fault. R2. It's just so good. So funny. So now we're at Alderaan being Alderaan. blown up. <laughs>
1: yeah. Pretty sad.
0: Vader pulls Leia back when she is entreating Tarkin to not blow up Alderaan. And he's completely ignoring her and, and just speaking to her condescendingly. Vader like pulls her back against mm-hmm. him. That moment is the closest they ever are in the entire Star Wars Skywalker saga and that's so sad to me it's Aww. just heartbreaking sad that that
1: father daughter moment
0: watching her lose everything yeah because i me i imagine that he can feel her reaction through the force and is holding her back not only in like some kind of military you're my prisoner way, but in a you have to hold that in and not let Tarkin see because he's going to destroy you way. Because that's yeah. what Anakin does every day of his life at this time in his life.
1: Mm-hmm. So. I like your little theories. It's my yeah. head for We don't it. know what he was Not
0: true. <laughs> what he was thinking. But, but why, you know, it could be true. Sure.
1: <laughs> in why some not?
0: version of reality, it's true. So. <laughs> there you go.
1: I feel like it. we don't get as attached to Alderaan because we don't see the people right. of Alderaan at all, you know, except for Leia. But I do like that we can come to understand what that was like through what Obi-Wan says afterwards where he says um, that he feels a disturbance in the, fir- the force as if a million voices were just silenced or something like that. Yeah. I just butchered like a famous line, but that's okay. <laughs> I think it's, you know, an interesting way of doing that where it's like, okay, the force is this... A special way of feeling other life, and right. so you can tell how impactful this was right. just from what Obi Wan says.
0: And that's like, it's like if Obi Wan felt it from across the galaxy. Imagine what Leia and Vader are feeling in that mm. moment, because they're also force sensitive, right? Like even if Leia doesn't right. know that she's force sensitive,
1: that's true. Yeah, I wonder about that. And
0: Tarkin doesn't care. Even if he could feel it, he probably wouldn't care. But Anakin knows those people. Mm -hmm. Anakin knows Bail Organa. He he fought with Bail Organa. It's a lot.
1: It's a lot. Couldn't feel it, and so I wondered. You know, Obi Wan's more well trained Mm -hmm. than Luke and Leia, but you know, Anakin's obviously very well trained. So I'm, you know, yeah, that's. I wonder if he could feel that disturbance as well. Hmm. While that is going
0: on, we have. Luke learning how to use his lightsaber for the first time.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. The only thing I have to say about that scene is, hokey religions and ancient weapons are no (laughs) match for a good blaster at your side, kid. Mm -hmm. Because I used to say that line all the time. (laughs) Because even when I was a wee, I liked (laughs) blasters more than lightsabers. I never wanted a lightsaber Mm. as a kid. I wanted a blaster and an
1: X-Wing. Even though Obi-Wan says blasters are clumsy and random or something like that. Yeah, but, <laughs> anyway, but yeah, I love Han there. I think it's great that Han is so true to his values. What does he say? Like, no force is going to tell me like my right. destiny or something. And exactly. That's so great that that works for him. You Because know? I'm sure there are people in the time of the Jedi who are discouraged by the fact that they aren't force sensitive. And, you know... That every and that this force is real and it's dictating everything. Where you're like Han's like no, like I'm in charge of my own life. I don't care if I don't have some special powers. I I love that insight. If you're absolutely right, and and see it just
0: makes me love Han even more. <laughs> and then we do get to see him accept it. the The scene with Han and the Force in the Force Awakens wouldn't be so meaningful if. He didn't get that growth. So yeah, for sure. It's, it's important. It's great.
1: All right, so now we are on the Death Star. Oh, boy. When they arrive at the Death Star, I like when Darth Vader walks up and he says, I sense something, a presence I've not felt since, and then dramatically walks away. <laughs> it's the best, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. I can just imagine Anakin in there and, like, what his expression <laughs> is, how he's, like, like feeling. Oh, he's I like, don't. oh, my God, not. This can't be happening. <laughs> <laughs> and
0: then they are bringing, like, they're going to bring Chewbacca to the prison. Mhm. Like, the whole, that whole bit. Yeah, and yeah. I like when Chewie scares the mouse droid.
1: He oh, goes, my gosh. <laughs> I like I just, it's such a cute I forgot moment. that droid existed. I, I, that made me laugh out loud. I'm like, what is this squeaky little droid? <laughs> it's it's cute. the mouse droid. Yeah.
0: It's so cute. He's so cute. And she scares him. And then in that scene, I just wanted to point out, and I do not know if this is old or added, but AP5 was on the Death Star. <laughs> oh, I didn't see And that. I was like, that's AP5. I love my AP5. Like it must be new. But I just needed to say that. A
1: P five's great, yeah, that's great. A P five got to be on the Death
0: Star. Which, you know, is also sad because the Death Star blows up, but <laughs> we'll assume that it's not our AP five.
1: Sure, yeah, different one. <laughs> it's a different one.
0: But then of course, obviously the 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 greatest Harrison Ford performance <laughs> in the entire movie <laughs> is, is when, when he's
1: like trying to lie over the yeah intercom thing yeah i wrote that down too <laughs> it's so good we're all fine here now thank you how are how you, are you? <laughs> <laughs> we're fine everything's fine and then just his reaction to himself like he knows how bad he is
0: I know. and then he just shoots it it's like whatever boring like,
1: conversation anyway <laughs> again
0: he's just he's just whatever whatever Make happens happens making it up as we go and then, of course, we have the iconic line, "I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you." Oh uh, yeah, <clears throat> which I guess aren't you is, a little
1: short for a stormtrooper? Yes,
0: <laughs> is in response to another, but I like Luke's line better. <laughs> we get the twins meeting, and I like that in tr- in in true Luke and Leia fashion. Luke is so excited that he has arrived and that he is here for her, and that the magic girl that appeared and started him on this journey is right there in front of him, and now he's going to rescue her. And she's just like, really, though? (laughs) Like, she's so unimpressed. Mm -hmm. It's just hilarious until he says, Ben Kenobi. And then it's like, oh, well,
1: Ben (laughs) Kenobi. Let's go. Him I care about.
0: (laughs) Um, And then we get to my moment that I was saying, but everything between... Han and Leia, they are immediately the best relationship. <laughs> They're the whole bickering into the garbage chute flyboy. Yeah, and then yeah. when they get out and she's like, I don't care where you came from, but I'm in charge now. And he's like, look, your worshipfulness. Like, it's just so good. They, yeah. You know, I'm always talking about Anakin and Padme, right? I forget when they're not in front of me how much I loved Han and Leia when I was a kid and how obsessed with that relationship and that romance I was. Aww. But every time I see them, I'm reminded and it's just it just bursts off the screen. If I was watching this movie not knowing everything about this movie, these movies, Luke and Leia are being set up more than Han and Leia as a romance. Mm-hmm. in this movie, but Han yeah. and Leia are just far and away more exciting to watch. But Han Luke and Leia are sweet and I love them. And I I th- I said earlier that like their relationship was like my favorite part of Star Wars for a long time. But Han and Leia have so much.
1: Yeah, they have a great dynamic. Every line,
0: line. Every line very is classic. Great. But to be fair, the next thing on my list is the for luck kiss on the cheek. Because that's just adorable. It's adorable. They're so cute. Luke and Leia are adorable. Oh, is
1: that when they're, like, swinging across the... Yeah, when they're,
0: when they're swinging.
1: Yeah. And she she kisses him on the cheek for luck. <laughs> and it also shows
0: how differently Leia treats Han and Luke. <laughs> like...
1: Right. <laughs> even though she's barely
0: met them. <laughs> right. She treats Han like she's ordering him from beginning to end. But... Luke, again, he tells you more about Leia, where she realizes the different, like, what they're going to respond to better. And she realizes that that Luke needs encouragement more than ordering.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, So, lightsaber battle?
1: Yes. Such as it is. Obi-Wan and Vader. It's barely a battle, but yes. It's a... a, Very slow-paced compared to their last meeting.
0: Strike me down and I'll become more powerful than you can possibly imagine.
1: Yeah, that's a classic one. Classic line
0: tells you a lot. They've really expanded on that idea.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, he, he sounds like he's so proud that he can become a forest ghost. He's like, <laughs> I, I can become a forest ghost. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> but, and, and then, again, we so I what I have... I just, my notes amuse me, so that's why I want to read them too. Mm-hmm. So, Obi-Wan deliberately lets Luke see Vader kill him, in, in parentheses, Obi-Wan, I-L-U, but W-T-F. As
1: soon as Luke runs over, Obi-Wan, like, smiles. He's like, oh yeah, yes. he's gonna see it happen. He literally
0: <laughs> smiles and then closes his eyes and, and lets it happen, and it's like... He's at peace with the world.
1: He's scarring Luke for life. <laughs> I know. Poor Luke. After this, he's, like, very depressed. Like, he didn't really have time to grieve his own family, and he immediately followed Obi-Wan, and then Obi-Wan dies.
0: <laughs> and, like, okay, in, in we can assume that Obi-Wan thought he'll never find out that Darth Vader's his father. But... He's literally setting Luke up to have a vendetta against his father
1: mm-hmm.
0: when I'd like to point out that Obi-Wan was not able to kill Anakin. <laughs> like, he could have. He had defeated Anakin, and he could have killed him, but he didn't. Right. Which means that Obi-Wan wasn't able to do it. So now he's going to set up his son... <laughs> To do it for him. Look, it's
1: slim pickings with the young Jedi. There's really no one else to do it, so <laughs>
0: it's clear that Obi Wan was raised by Jedi and doesn't have any yeah. understanding of familial <laughs> bonds. Because otherwise, he would realize how horrifying this action is—that he's forcing Luke to see his actual father. Kill his father figure, <laughs> having just lost his ah uh, former father figure. Yeah, like yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> just saying.
1: Crazy old Ben.
0: <laughs> Meanwhile, so and then like we get Leia comforting Luke after the scene that you mentioned mm-hmm. with um with the the fighting and they escape and. Actually, she's comforting him before they even do that, right? Before they even do the fight. Uh, Whatever. The point is that Leia is comforting Luke yeah. because he's mopey and sad about having lost Ben, and Luke has every right and reason, and as we just mentioned, he had not gotten to grieve for his aunt and uncle yeah. or his entire like life up to this point that he is now living a completely different one. But Leia... <laughs> lost her
1: entire planet i know yeah and yet has to comfort luke she's the one comforting him yeah and and no one comforts her this entire movie poor leia i mean that says a lot though she's so strong and like you know you you said that leia's like treating luke differently than han already kind of thing i feel like they both see luke as kind of the more delicate of the Yes, I don't know, they definitely, like, definitely of the group. do. You know, in the trash compactor, factor, he's the one who gets pulled <laughs> by the monster underwater and they have to save him and all that. So, you know, he's clearly the damsel in distress and the delicate flower here, so. <laughs> <laughs> so he needs it. Yeah. But,
0: you well, know, well, like, uh, when we, we get to Yavin and, and that, like, guy's like, oh, we heard about Alderaan and we feared the worst. <laughs> and she's like, can't talk about it. It's just, it's so sad. Poor Leia never gets to deal with the horrors that she's she's gone through. That is sad, her I guess. Star Wars, when you think about it, just a little bit, really. You don't even have to think about it too hard. When you think about it just a little bit, really tragic and horrifying.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> a lot of trauma.
1: You can see why this family's got problems.
0: (laughs) But now we get to one of the funniest parts of the movie. Which one? When Vader says, this will be a day long remembered. It has seen the end of Kenobi and it will see the end of the rebellion or Ah, something like uh that. And then Tarkin just sort of looks at him like he's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh non-response to vader being way over
1: dramatic so funny to me yeah i remember that because i was wondering after that i'm like does anyone else even know kenobi was there or know who that is like is he just being dramatic to himself did he explain this (laughs) he's just he's just being very extra very
0: anakin yeah and darken's just like whatever (laughs) <laughs> Vader being Vader yeah <laughs> alright we're 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 coming to the end and um, so this is where I make my pitch for this panel that I really want to give about the economics of Star Wars Luke and Leia are both pretty hard on Han for wanting to be paid <laughs> and Caring about his paycheck Mm -hmm. more than their cause. But if you look at it from Han's perspective... Right. (laughs) He's just trying to survive. Yeah. He doesn't like the Empire, but he's one guy with one ship that is falling apart. And he's in debt to all these places because he's not really good at his job, it turns out. (laughs) Based on the solo movie the original trilogy and the sequel trilogy, Han's not really good at being a smuggler and is constantly getting into trouble. But putting that aside, yeah. he's just he's just doing his best. He's just out yeah. there trying to live his life. Okay? Again, he
1: didn't sign up for this. I feel like the characters just expect him to be on their side because he's been with them. But it's like, yeah. no, he just signed up for a job. <laughs>
0: he fell into this crazy rebellion no one's taken the time to explain to him why it would serve his purpose. They just they just are so righteous that they believe their you know their cause is so good and so moral and so just that they don't take the time to explain it to anyone else.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Leia is literally royalty. She has the means to be an activist. Luke had, like, land. On Tatooine, he was doing well, you know? Like, the Lars were well off, obviously, compared to everywhere else in the galaxy, that anyone from Tatooine is not as, as good off, right? Mm-hmm. But on Tatooine, he had enough money to survive. And Han didn't even have a last name. He didn't have family. He didn't have parents. Everything he's ever had in his entire life, he's stolen, he's coming from a different perspective, and I think that we should give him a pass for thinking this money is going to get me out of debt so that I can try to, you know, have a better life for myself. You, you can't, like, blame the homeless for not marching on Washington to help the homeless. They're just trying to find a home.
1: Right. <laughs> That's neat. That's a cool connection. So, like, would the, your panel be, like... My panel like,
0: would be how the people who have the means to rebel, like Leia and the Orgata family, like Satine Kreese, has enough money to take a stand, right? Mm-hmm. You know, Padme certainly has, has enough power and catch it and capital to take a stand. She has... Enough capital to be righteous and moralistic, mm-hmm. and and then there's like the middle ground people like Luke or like the Ursos, and then there's the people like Han and Rey and Anakin who are just trying to live, right? Who gets pulled into all this mess. And don't really get a choice. So Their the choice ends up being like, join us, and we'll we'll help you out. And then there's people like Rose, right? Rose is closer to the the Hans and Rays, and Anakin's of the spectrum, but she chooses to be a part of the Resistance because you know she does make that moral choice. She does mm-hmm. realize that they're the good guys. That gives her some. That says something about her character. That is. Powerful, and she gets to teach Finn this lesson, basically, right? Yeah, Rose is this is a really amazing character in that way. I think she gets to be a, a working class person who is fully committed to the rebellion and is able to show Finn another working class person why it matters. Yeah, that's
1: really interesting. You know, whereas like, yeah. like no one no one explained it to Han, so he right. Just <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's interesting to like look at the characters in the context of their perspective and their mm-hmm. upbringing, their economic status, class, mm-hmm. things like that. So I think that'd be super interesting.
0: My take on Anakin is that he he doesn't have this choice. He did not choose this life at all. It was, hey, you can be a slave or you can come with us and do exactly what we tell you for the rest of your life. And so... He chose that because it was a Mm -hmm. better life, and it was certainly what his mother thought was a better life. But if you really look at everything that happens to Anakin after that point, he's really just choosing slavery or slavery, but, like, better slavery. And that's interesting, because he's obviously the the lowest on the spectrum because he's a slave.
1: Right, right. All this to say that Luke shouldn't be sassy pants saying... You know, sure, think of yourself. That's what you're good at, Han. Right.
0: <laughs> Especially when Han, like, just offered him a job and saved his life, like, at least twice. <laughs> Sorry. It my, my That was, like, a 15-minute... No, that's minute super
1: interesting.
0: <laughs> ...diversion. But I feel very strongly about this. And so... We could expand on that in another episode. Yeah, perhaps. It doesn't have to be a panel. It can be a podcast episode. It can be
1: whatever. It can be both. (laughs) (laughs) It can be everything. It can be all of it. Yeah. So, anything else from the end section of the movie? It's
0: great that Vader gets
1: his special TIE fighter right from the beginning. (laughs) Yeah. He gets to be special. I like that Darth Vader is like this big, powerful leader, but he doesn't hesitate to just jump in a fighter and get directly involved in the trench fight. I think that's cool, like there it is. Most other leaders just like stand in their big ship and stare at the battle menacingly, you know <laughs> And in. you know
0: he was itching, and that's like that again is very true to everything we see, the backwards continuity, it throughout the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. He doesn't like being you know watching from, yeah, from the, the little lines. hollows like like Leia he likes to be in his fighter fighting and then just that the medal ceremony the music like starts and i get all choked up like that it's a really the, good the whole and music,
1: yeah
0: is just the music right it's mm-hmm. like there's no dialogue it's just the music and the action selling everything and it is so triumphant. There's all these little small moments of little glances between all of the characters and R2 is safe and every you know there's a yeah. lot that of little tiny bits that happen but it's all just set to the music and it, that makes me like it just I feel it in my body.
1: Yeah, it's that's very a powerful. nice sweet celebratory moment and I like that it brings the film to a closure and you know you can tell that this is like the only Star Wars movie where they didn't necessarily know there was going to be a sequel, you know? So there mm, is like a right. kind of complete story to it. <laughs> sort of a satisfying way. Oh, Great. but I do want to mention one more moment that we skipped over. I'm surprised you didn't bring up is when they all hug. Oh, yeah. I, caught I, in I did, say, I did <laughs> say hugs. I did say
0: trio hugs. That was on my list. And I, you're right. I skipped I over just, it.
1: That one's very wholesome. Where they, like, they each hug each other and compliment each other. It's like, okay, we're going to spend time on each of these relationships. (laughs) And they're
0: so happy. (laughs) They're just so happy. Like, everybody's happy, but the three of them are over-the-top gleeful. And it's, wholesome is the right
1: word. It's just like, oh, oh. Great discussion. Yes. This was fun.
0: Thank you for listening to Brea and Leia. You can find us online at BreaAndLea.live and follow us on Twitter at at Brea and Leia. That's B-R-E-H-A-N-L-E-I-A.
1: I am at Kirstie Beth on Twitter.
0: And I am at ManicPixieDane. Our theme music is You Can Think Positive by Snow Music Studio. If you like us, please leave a review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you consume your podcasts. The more reviews, the easier it is for new listeners to find us. And tell your friends. And join us in two weeks for a discussion of Star Wars fashion. All Padme all the time. (laughs)